listening to the Mouthful of Graffiti podcast, affectionately known as The Mog, an open forum and promotional outlet for budding artists and creatives from all across the Mid-Atlantic region. I'm your host, Brad Cox, not necessarily affectionately known as anything other than Brad Cox, but I'm here all the same. Let's see who and what we're chewing on today on The Mog. Friends, East Coastians, and country men and women of all ages, welcome to the Mog. As always, links for our guests will be made available in the description, and a song or some type of promotional feature will be tacked on to the end of each episode. We'd like to thank all of our sponsors, Vagabond Sandwich Company, Capricos Books, Musicland, Black Eyed Susie's, Double Groove Brewing, Baltimore Decal Gal, and Reb Records. Remember to love local, support local, and to eat and drink local. Don't forget to use discount code Mog. Pod for a 10% discount at Capricos Books. Everyone knows you can't stop by Main Street Bel Air without grabbing one of Black Eyed Susie's legendary orange crushes and a killer lunch or dinner. Black Eyed Susie's has been supporting local for a long time. It's your one-stop spot for original and cover entertainment and an afternoon or evening out with friends on their rooftop deck. If you haven't heard, there's something very special about Double Groove Brewing. It's a melting pot of personalities, ages, loves, interests, and musical tastes. There are hippies, professionals, rockers, folk artists, friends and families here. Throw in the most delicious and satisfying craft beer on the planet and this place is complete magic. They are tireless supporters of the local talent. Stop by their location in Forest Hill for a pint and a night out with friends. The Authors and Artists Gift Sale is returning on November 5th from 9am to 2pm. This annual event showcases the work of local authors and artists who gather in the Bel Air Armory on Main Street to exhibit and sell their work. Harford Dance Theater is bringing back their holiday classic, The Nutcracker, to the Amos Center on December 2nd through December 4th. For tickets and details, visit HarfordEvents.com. The Hip Play Ballerinas, blending their unique fusion of hip-hop and ballet, will be coming to the Amos Center on February 26th at 3 p.m. For tickets, visit tickets.harford.edu. The Rock Spring Financial Group brings the American dream to life with hard work, dedication, and pride. Rock Spring Financial Group offers full-service mortgage loan options to either assist with lowering your interest rate, consolidating debt, or buying a new home. They maintain a local reputation with honesty, competitive rates, and trustworthy loan officers. Call Rick Metzger today. He's local and actually has an office in Bel Air, Maryland. Tired of speaking to loan officers from an online outfit? Go with the local folks at Rock Spring Financial Group. Give them a call at 443-801-6389. It's 443-801-6389. They have a five-star rating on Google. Stop by and find out why. Mike Faulkner is the axe-slinging, golf-hat-wearing, Star Wars enthusiast from the Baltimore-based rock group Think Again. When he's not finding ways to make the benefits world go round and round, he's shredding through some acoustic-based modern rock deserving of its place on the top 25 radio market. Sure, it's acoustic and mid-tempo, where leads aren't often as prominent, but Mike still finds a way to stand out and make his instrument sing. His fiddle is a voice in its own right. He's become quite a presence in the band, and I couldn't be happier to have him on the show. So join me in welcoming Mike Faulkner to the Mog. What a nice introduction. Yeah, man, you're making me a liar, though, because you're wearing a baseball hat and not your golf hat. Uh, I think it is in the car. Is actually. it in the car? I think it is. All right, we'll just go ahead and stop this interview and go right. get it. It's so dirty. I don't think you want me to bring it Where to the Where are you house. traveling from today? Uh, Carney. 
So Carney, my grandparents grew up in Carney. Are you kind of near the Bowman and Magoobies? Yeah. Not Magoobies. Uh, the Bowman. But there's yeah. Like, what's the comedy place? I don't know if it's there anymore. Maybe it was Magoobies. And maybe it might have been. Magoobies moved. Yeah. As far as I know, there's nothing down my street. All right. Well, I'm going to read the news real quick and we'll get right into it. All right. Feed the Scene is bringing punk legends The Dead Milkmen, featuring local greats Donna Lynch and Steve Archer of Ego Likeness, Calabunga Pizza Time, and Dead End Lane to the Wrecker on October 22nd. And you just recently played the Wrecker with Will Sims, correct? Yeah. Back um, at the end of last year, he did his um, album release there. Had you had the opportunity to play the record like in a former band life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, previous band lives. We Ashes played it. Embers. Yeah. Ashes Embers and, and bands before that. We played the record all the time. So is it weird going back into it? And it, is it kind of the same or is it, it is. different? It's, it's like kind of the same, but like you go in and you see new stuff, but yeah. it all feels the same. And like, um, I know the mixing board's back where the fish tank was. Yes. Yeah. The mixing board moved, which is probably a good a good move but like like yeah. at first i walked in i'm like oh wow it's like a real fresh coat of paint but then like you stay there for a little bit and you're like okay this is really this is a pretty thin coat of paint that they, that <laughs> right. they put up it's like for the, for the floor you know how sticky the floor was you know i do i do it's, it's like they skimmed that off put okay. it in storage somewhere laid down new like Got vinyl the and, then, and then put the stick back on but what about like the backstage area does that look the same as it did it looks the same it does there were some like black curtains up in the green room to like separate some some of the spaces around so i don't know if it's like structurally different but because they have so many curtains up but yeah it was all the same do you know if they're still doing like the torrent shows like the the edm electronic music shows as well uh when will played there we we had to like wrap up and get out so they could get really? a, a dj out yeah yeah. That would be fantastic. Just let all those people in. They're like, this is not this is not what we came for. Yeah, and, and there were a lot of um Well they, anyway, here's Wonderwall. They told us um when we were like kind of hanging out in the back, they're like, Hey, you guys can hang out if you want, but uh as you like, you know, load your stuff out. But uh make sure you don't like prop this door open because these teenagers will like come in any door that they see. I'm like, oh, man, what? they're ready to drink and throw down. Yeah, and and I mean, they were right. I mean, I, I opened the door like with my foot and as I finished the sentence to someone and someone like rushed right in. Yeah. We're like, is this the front door? I'm like, no, man, it doesn't even have words on that's it. It's Towson University's finest, man. Yeah, well, hey, that's why I'm a mother. Same here, same here. Rapola Entertainment has Makeout and the Figured Out Tour with 408 Don't Panic Morning in May with local favorites Heartbent and Ben DeHaan coming to Zen West November 18th. Have you played Zen West yet? Yes. Yeah. A couple times. Yeah. Think Again did it once. So you're playing quite frequently, actually. Uh, yeah, more with Will than Think Again, unfortunately. But yeah, we're, I've been around to Zen West well, a couple Dan's times. Well, Dan's been so busy. He's been playing everywhere. It seems like he's in New York every other month. Yeah. Yeah. He, he likes playing up. They, they like him up there. Yeah. That's uh, got to be a cool experience. I asked him, are you driving up there? Are you taking the train? I guess he's driving and he's doing yeah, the whole thing. He, he likes driving. Yeah. You'd have to. Yeah. Because that city's a pain in the ass. I, I've never actually driven in New York City. I guess the, the part of 95 on the way back from uh, Connecticut, I guess. Yeah. You're driving through whatever. Wait a second. We just got back from Connecticut. Where were you up Well, I, I was actually in, in Rhode Island. Okay. Um, Newport area? Uh, no, we were a little south of Providence. Okay. Back in uh, end of July. We took like it's so expensive driving through there. We didn't take 95 on the way up because the tolls would have been like 50 bucks, right? But um, on the way back, the tolls were like, but you still have the Jersey Turnpike, yeah, I, which I mean, 18, 19 bucks, yeah. It was like, like on the way back, it was like maybe 23. So I'm like, all right, I'll do that mm -hmm. because the ride there, like, it took seemed to take forever, but we like drove like straight up through Pennsylvania into New York and over. Which, and what were you doing up in Providence? Just hanging out. Just was vacationing. Just a, yeah. yeah, just a little trip. Yeah. 
So I'd recommend if you've never been to Mystic, Connecticut. Oh, man. Check out Mystic. Yeah. And then you can kind of pogo up to Newport. Yeah. I have a, a coworker who is, since uh, COVID, we, my whole company's basically been remote. Right. And a couple of, uh, I think pretty much all of the hires we made since then have been like not in Maryland. So we have a, a coworker who is in, I don't know where in Connecticut, but he lives in Connecticut. Okay. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to Rhode Island for vacation. Do you have any like New England tips? And, and he and he told me about Mystic. Yeah, man. Mystic and he spelled school. it out, M-Y-S-T-I-C-K. I'm like, oh man, that sounds... It's a hidden treasure. I went up there, I guess it was about six years ago. And now we go every single year. You got casinos on either end. You got Mohegan Sun and mm-hmm. then you've got Foxwood Casino. And like I said, Newport's right there. And, yeah. And Mystic Pizza with Julie Roberts was filmed in right. Mystic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And finally, Transcendent Events is bringing StellarCon back to the APG FCU Arena on November 19th. For tickets, visit the official StellarCon Facebook page and be the first to message me the word acoustic and win a $25 gift card to the Baltimore Decal Gal. So before we get too into this, you just brought up Ashes to Embers. Mm-hmm. We met prior to Underground and Sandwich Stock and all that. Yeah. Or maybe we didn't meet, but we definitely played together. Yes, we definitely at least once, at least once. It was one of the last record shows before they closed down. Yeah. Um, that we did where I think you met Joe. Yeah, that's where Joe saw the band for the first time. Yeah. Will actually had brought Joe to the show, and I think Joe saw Schizo for the first time. Yeah. Well, we had Joe was filling in for uh, our bass player at, okay. that, at that show. Um, as Joe would do. Yeah. As yeah. like uh, our bass player, Dave Bowen, who, you know, Dave. Oh, yeah. He used uh, to work with him at the bank. Yeah. Um, but he, um, we're bankers. Like we scheduled the show because we're like, look, we know the record's closing. We have to get on one of these shows, and we scheduled it, even though we knew um, his daughter was due to be born, like, you know, any time. So she ended up being born like I think two days before the show. Oh damn! So we're like, well, Dave can't do it, so we're gonna get Joe to come in, and we just play. You know, we're like, we'll play all stuff that's on the records. We'll we'll keep in like one tuning and keep it easy. And he came in. See, and- Dave's slacking though. We had a bass player who had a baby. And then he came and played the show that night. We're like, what are you doing here? Your wife cannot be okay with this. Yeah. So Actually, obviously Dave wanted to stay married. Yeah. Well, on, on the day of the show, so this was two days later, um, my brother's daughter was born. Okay. Uh, at GBMC. I mean, fortunately, at GBMC. So, so I was you didn't in, I was, have to be there. I, I was in the area. So yeah. I went I went and saw her. I'm like, great baby. <laughs> I got to bounce. Great work. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. I'll see her again, but I got to do this thing. Yeah, so I think the first memory I have of meeting you was, though, at Vagabond Sandwich Company. I think I interrupted yeah. you with one of those mother clucker sandwiches in your hand. Yeah. And and that's all I really know. But then I saw your list of bands, and you had, like, Second Life Story and some of these other groups. Yeah. And I wasn't sure, did Schizo play with those groups? or? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, and it, Yeah, it, it runs together. Because I knew, like, I went to see bands, and I saw Schizo at Joe's. But I don't think we played on, I don't know, maybe one. Right. Uh, you know, tops. But yeah, those bands were, we got around in, in a couple of those bands, but yeah, I don't think we ever crossed paths. We're going to talk about Sandwich Stock. Yeah. Which is obviously the big event every year at Vagabond Sandwich Company. This year has got Girls Night Out, Weatherly, mm-hmm. Jules Riser, Brian Dunaway. Who else is playing that event and how long has it been going on for? I couldn't tell you. It's been years. It's been um, a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, it's at least six years, maybe seven. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So we're doing that. I actually missed last year's because uh, I had uh, I tested positive for COVID the morning uh. of. Um, so I, I missed last year's. But um, yeah, I mean, part of being in a band with the organizer is you always play it. Right. Um, so it's been cool doing that for um, yeah for a while. Um, in 
even to think again in a couple of different incarnations, I guess, um, and, and formats instrumentally, but we always make it work out there. I think we did one where we love the underground did like an acoustic thing. That's where I met you. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, I think I was rolling in from like a touch a truck event. I think it was the event where and... it started raining and they had to move the whole van inside. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. And that classic photo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember that. I one. think it, that was, I think that yeah. was the event. I think that was the same. So who one. else is playing that event? All right, I, here, I listed let me, let a couple of them. It. All right. We got Brian Dunaway, Think Again, Weatherly, Girl Signed Out Jazz Band, Shane Schisler, RBM Trio, uh, Jules Reiser, and Bob Hill. That's a duo. Fantastic. Um, and that's it. That's 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 the whole thing. I think it's going to run from about 12 to 6. Um, and Led be... Zeppelin will not be there, even though that seems uh, to be rock and roll by Zeppelin, or maybe yeah. just a bluesy riff there. Yeah, I don't know why that started playing, but it actually worked pretty well with my... Uh, it did. With... It sounded like for a second you should have your own podcast. Yeah. Well, have you considered doing that? I don't know what I would talk about. Well, I, I didn't either, man. <laughs> but yeah, before we leave Sandwich Stock, though, that is the whole thing. Um, uh, it's free to attend. Uh, and the whole thing is a benefit for uh, Band, Band Together. Together of Hartford County, um, which is a pretty cool uh, organization getting instruments. What is Band Together? Talk so, to me about that. Well, uh, so as far as, as far as I understand it, they they um they really they try to get instruments in the hands of um like uh, students, yeah, um who you know might not be able to otherwise get them, um, and they take I think they take instrument donations even okay um on top of you know obviously money you remember joe threw his base into the dumpster yeah so that would have been a perfect donation opportunity yeah now i i I think i think they might have limits on the ones they take as far as like he um, was so mad that night they take like orchestral band and and stuff like that okay like i don't like woodwinds yeah uh i know like i I saw someone i saw someone come up with like three clarinet cases one time um but uh I don't know if this was related, but um, someone gifted Dan. I don't know if this is from from Band Together. Someone gifted Dan like a like a Squire Strat. Oh, and he, and he told me he's like he's like, hey, someone just gave this to me. Really? Like, do you want it? <laughs> you you like do stuff. This isn't really what we're trying to collect like, here. You, like you could do something cool to this. I'm like, okay. Did you? Yeah. Well, I haven't done anything cool yet. I bought the parts. Okay. But uh, I need to assemble it. But I was trying to get it done to make its debut at Samurai, but I'm not going to be able to get it. It's together. like getting an old car from your family. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm replacing so much of it that the only piece that I'm still keeping is the body. But it'll be cool. It'll look cool. It'll, it'll be great. So what do you like most about playing those those events? Um, well, it's a, it's a good way to see some local especially with like the jazz band yeah. like some local Girls night out yeah like yeah, localish yeah. talent that you might not otherwise i mean at the shows i go to you know i would never see them right so it's cool to see that um like um shane schistler what he does is and he, he just kind of like he'll have a like a like a loop or a pattern yeah. going and he'll just kind of jam over it for a while and it's really like cool to watch him do it see uh, as a lead player yourself i feel like you would be kind of into that where you uh, would yeah i am kind of swoop in there with maybe a double neck and play the leads over top yeah, of it if i had a double neck yeah man. yeah i mean i'm into that stuff um brian dunway is always fun to watch i don't get a chance to um make it up to the um the open mic at, at vagabond where i think like you know Brian will probably be there sometimes. Like I almost had a Joe incident at the last open mic. I was oh up God. there, and my guitar. I'm having issues with my Gretsch. We could talk about the Gretsch, okay. but the white Gretsch acoustic does not stay in tune. Hmm. I don't know what it is about it, but it's it's like my Gibson. Like the G string refuses to stay in tune, and I'm so acutely aware of when it's going out of tune that I can't like even ignore it. Like I almost just stopped and walked out of the room. Yeah, because there's nothing you can do about it. Well, I'm a Gibson player too, so I, I understand the um, yes. And it was like I think I I 
was blissfully unaware of this for years. And then once I, I you know, just couldn't hear it probably yet. We, well, yeah, it's like, I think I was reading like a thread on the gear page or something. And people were talking about the, um, it's like the pitch and the angle of the string after it goes through the nut, right? It, it makes it prone to, to going out of tune. And here's all the stuff you can do to fix it. And I read it. I'm like, does mine do that? And then I go play. I'm like, Oh my God, it does. It does do it. And, um, I mean, they have like these contraptions you can put on the headstock to like make it go like straight through, which will help. It's like a fender headstock kind of, um, but uh, I'm like, no, nah, it's ugly. And it, like, they, I, I play an SG, which is already like neck heavy. If I put this contraption on my headstock, it would just right. tilt off my body. So I'm like, no, nope, I won't do it. I'll replace like the bridge, which might help a little bit, which did. Um, but yeah, I've actually gotten more into fenders lately for, I don't know if it's because of that, but. And sandwich stock, it's not just about bands playing. There's also vendors. Yes. There's beer. There's like a bounce house, Obviously, it's right outside Vagabond, so it's got the best food in town. Yep. Gonna get a natural hot chicken and the mother clucker. Is that is that what they call it? Nah, it's called the natural clucker, but I always call it the mother clucker. Okay, well I'll do it too. And then I told Benny needs to change the menu. Well, if I call it that. Now will you guys be stripped down acoustic completely or are you gonna be going full on? No, we're gonna go full on. Um, because I remember he was doing the full on there the past couple years anyway. Yeah, we're gonna go full on. Um I think Weatherly is too. Okay, good. Um so I think they did maybe last year too. Yeah, like I mean, I, yeah, I didn't see it last year, but um, or maybe Newberry had a band. Was it Newberry's band, and they were filling it with Newberry, or it was something like I don't know. I don't, yeah. I, don't I don't remember exactly, but together. yeah, they definitely had a um full band instrumentation there, which was cool. Um, and we did that, I think the year before, um, we did that. Yeah. Um, and my gear was doing something funny. I had to play through Chris Mooneyhan's rig, and that was weird. But uh, right. Um, but yeah, we've been like full on, you know electric guitars, full drum kit for a couple years. Um, Dan is renting a drum kit for the entirety of the uh, well, the Well, hopefully it's not going to rain. It looks like it's like 75 degrees and perfect. Yeah, it's going to be. It, As were the past three days were horrible. Yeah. Law of averages says the weather should be good. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Was, was all that rain part of Ian? Do you have any idea? I think part of it was Ian effect. You're a musician at least, and a weatherman. At least on right? that. Yes. Yeah. Um, by trade. Um, <laughs> yeah, at least at the beginning I think the first day, I think that was like Ian effect. I don't know what the rest I of it was. I was driving back from Connecticut. It was raining like like buckets. Yeah. And it was like, a, I don't know, there was like this weird like fog coming up off the road. So yeah. it was like a complete whiteout for five hours. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. I just, did, I didn't go anywhere basically for the entire, um, for the entire time. Well, um, I wish you guys beautiful weather. You guys always do a really cool cover. You're going to do any covers? We we are planning a cover. It's not going to be a surprise cover necessarily. It's, it's something we've done People before. People rocking in the free world? Well, I, I, I can't tell you. Okay. But uh, you may have guessed it I correctly. just feel like Dan's got an arsenal now, so he could surprise us at any point. Yeah. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to get too many uh, rehearsals in to get gotcha. to get new stuff. So, um, you know, and we weren't planning to play it, but when we got together to kind of run, run a set, I think we just kind of started doing it. And, uh, and we're like, oh, that felt good. We'll do that. Yeah. Um, I know like we, we, we were talking about doing a lot. Ain't No Sunshine was something that's that's a cover we've done a couple of okay. times that we kind of like, you know, rock up in the middle a little bit um, and make that kind of our own. But yeah, going to be rocking. And what time are you performing? Um, I asked like Dan. If somebody I, can't be there I asked, all day. I asked Dan this a couple of times and he told me and then I um, it went right out of my mind. It, it's somewhere around 3.30. Somewhere around 3.30. Can't say. Probably not playing Keep On Rocking in the Free World. Yep. Every year it's awesome. Yep. I'm, so, look, I'm looking forward to it, especially after missing last year. Do you it's, have a go-to menu item at the Vagabond? It was the Dr. Pepper barbecue roast beef sandwich. It is now. The Party of the Moon Tower. No, it, it, it's, it's now. It's, it's the natural hot chicken now. Okay. Especially since I 
since I know it's like alias that you've given it. Yeah. Well, I've been really hooked on the uh, the party at the Moon Tower. I don't know what that is. Oh, so it's basically roast beef, uh, brioche roll of sorts, some type of a American cheese, lettuce, and a horseradish mayonnaise. Okay. Yeah. So you, you right. can't go wrong with that. That sounds, that sounds great. Now, will you eat prior to performing? Or are you one of those people that just saves the meal for after? You're not singing, so you could eat prior. Yeah, I could. I, I could I could have like a whole big mouthful of tater tots and go right on and, right. and play. Um, uh, since we're playing around like 3.30, I'll probably eat after. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking. But um, You have a couple beers? Um, maybe I actually have a, I have a pretty strict, uh, two beer max before playing rule. Okay. Um, you don't strike me as the type of person that drinks a lot anyway. No, not really. Um, there was one time and this was, um, at band camp. It was at Fletcher's one time at Fletcher's, um, basically band camp. <laughs> um, we were playing and this was, I think of the band it was, um, I think it was 90 second life story. Mark one, um, we were playing and, uh, uh I had a, <sighs> I had my manager from work coming out. This is when I was delivering pizzas. Okay. Um, and my manager came out and he bought me uh, a shot. And I'm like, oh, that was good. And he's like, you want another? I'm like, sure. And, and and I did that. And then the drummer from the other band that I'd been talking to, he came out. He's like, can I buy you a Pabst? I'm like, ugh, gross, but okay. Uh, and uh, he did that. And then, I don't know, I ended up having like, I think two beers of my own that oh, I had no. just gotten before these people showed up. So, right into the bathtub. So, well, I had like all five of these drinks within like the 30 minutes before we played. And we recorded, we got the, um, like the soundboard recording from, from the guy who, who uh, ran sound. And he gave us a CD afterward. And like, like if you listen to it, you just hear me get worse and worse, right? As the show goes on, and I listen to it, I'm like, oh god! All right, well, well two drinks max. It's also the beautiful thing about alcohol is because you think in the moment that you've, you're fantastic. Yeah, I was playing so it was far. The best show ever. So Dan's far, like looking at you, like I'm going to kill you. Well, apparently, um, and Dan had to, Dan. I mean, I drove with Dan, I think, so he didn't have to drive me home because of the drinking. But uh, um, as Dan tells it, I would not shut up. Um, oh. after after that. And apparently I knelt down to like put my pedals back in my back and like I couldn't stand back up. So that was two drinks max okay, since then. Fair enough. Now, Dan, Dan's the type. He doesn't drink at all. He never has. There's very few people out there like that. Like you were never tempted at any point to just throw him back, but he never was. Yeah, he just drink, he drinks tea before. Well, yeah, I mean, now like obviously he, like he's he, older, Like he brings but... his own kettle and... And, and his drinks, own kettle. Yes, he brings in like an electric kettle. God, this is an episode for um, himself. And, and drinks it. I mean, it, it helps keep his, his throat, you know, in, in shape. And yeah. Well, you brought up the pizzas briefly. You and I have that in common. You were a pizza delivery guy from 2004 to 2007. Do you have any good pizza delivery stories? And for those who can't see you right now, you're actually wearing a Pizza the Hut shirt. I know you are a huge fan of pizza. Yep. So any good stories, anybody bring you into their house and try to, you know, get you drunk on a shift or just any stories? I did. I did have offers. Okay. Yes. Um. I think I, I would deliver to. Um. I I I worked at the Domino's in Towson, so like we'd go to like the Colony Apartments, which was like almost all college students, and uh, and a couple other apartment complexes that were almost entirely college students. And like I'd go in like a big puff of pot smoke would come out the door, right? And they'd be like, "Come on in, man. We're uh, we're getting our money together," and and they they'd offer me, you know, they'd offer me a uh. A joint or they'd offer me a beer. Right. I'm like, I, I really can't. I'm sorry. But I might. <laughs> uh, and even like I, I worked there on my 21st birthday. I was I was working there. And and my mom was like, well, don't go too crazy. I'm like, I'm literally driving 
for right. my job. I'm not going to. I'm not any, trying I'm to not get a DUI. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did, didn't do anything crazy with with them. Um, fortunately, uh, there weren't that many crazy stories. Okay. Um, though there was like it was on. I don't know if it was my first day or not, but my first week, I delivered to to this apartment or it was like a hotel with like I guess long term uh, tenants or something. But I went over there and it was like eleven. We closed at midnight and we got this order at like eleven forty five or something or eleven thirty. And like they had a sticker on the on the box that tells you the time it was ordered. Right. So like he ordered it, it's like, I don't know, eleven twenty five or something. Um we take it out of the oven. It takes like eight minutes to get out of the That's oven. That's right. Um I jam it on over there. Um I deliver it to him at like eleven forty, right? Fifteen minutes. Yeah. Domino's hasn't had that thirty minute guarantee in forever, but I was well within the thirty minutes, right. even, even if we did. And he's like, This is late. I ordered this like, I ordered this at like nine thirty, and I'm looking at the sticker. I'm like, No, you didn't. Like, but it's you my, it's like, it's son like of my, a bitch. It's like my first week. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, you can have the pizza, and and I was and uh, your boss is like, you can go home. Well, so well, I came back and I'm like, hey man, um, the guy said that the pizza was like, um, late, and I know it wasn't, but um, like it was like dark in his apartment, and I don't know if he was gonna like. Right, Shoot I just want to take something. a couple pictures of you before you leave. <laughs> like, and, and, and I was like, "So I'll I'll pay for the pizza. It's not a big deal." And the boss goes, "That son of a bitch." He got him again. And then and he's like, "No, you're fine." And he just deleted the order from the system. He goes, "You're you're, you're fine." Well, that's good. So yeah, the, the good good people there at Domino's when I when I worked. But uh, fortunately, nothing too crazy. When did they get rid of the Noid? Oh Jesus, I don't know. I mean, I avoided that guy anyway. Of course, as, as you were, as you were supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, by the time I was working there, the Noid wasn't there. Uh, I think they actually brought him back in the last like five years for like a brief campaign. The Noid was popular. I mean, he had his own Nintendo game. I know. Yeah. We rented it. We never so let's get it. into, on that note, let's get into the fun questions. All right. I saw you're a big Star Wars fan. What is your favorite episode of the, I guess, the nine? Empire. Okay. Empire Strikes Back. Yep. How about some of these spinoff series like the, the Mandalorian? Mm-hmm. Do they hold up? Some more than others, yeah. Um, I thought Mandalorian was good, uh, but I mean, they'd have, I don't know, it's like eight or nine episodes a season, and like yeah. some of the episodes would be like bangers, and then some of them would be like, oh. Snooze fest. Yeah, it's like, I don't really understand what they're- it's Trying to stretch it what out. What they're setting up here. It seems like they're just trying to hit an arbitrary eight episodes. Right. Um, but yeah, Mandalorian's good. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi series was good. Um, there's one that just started, I think, like two weeks ago um, that I've been watching. It's- I usually get get to it pretty late at night, so uh-huh. I, I fell asleep during one of the episodes. That's not a criticism of the show. Uh, I just started too late, but um, very kind of somber, like I, toned down, kind of um, you know, feel to it. Yeah. Lo- you know, not like one of the big you know episode movies, right? It was cool though. I like it. Um, so for somebody that's not in the Star Wars universe, where do you start? Do you start at four, five, and six? I would just yeah. start at the beginning. Then. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I've heard people say, like, you should watch the episodes in one, two, and three in numerical order. But yeah. I'm like, one, Which two, really, and three, yeah. there's so many references in there that depend on you knowing the stuff that happens right. later. Right. So you, you just have to watch them in the order they came out. Was this a part of the original vision for Star Wars that they made four, five, and six first? I don't know. I, I, I it seems a little bit weird to me that I, I've seen stuff that was like written in drafts, like things that got cut out of episode four, right? That are referenced in one or two. I'm like, no, maybe he really did write all this stuff and he just started it for for some reason. Do you have a favorite character in the series? 
Is it R two D two? I'm just giving you generic. Uh, ones. Well, um, yeah, I mean, favorite Darth. droid probably R two D two. Chewbacca, I like Chewbacca. He's very emotive for someone who doesn't okay. speak. Was um, he? Did he have anything to do with the Ewoks? Chewbacca? No. Yeah. Okay. No, he just no. looks like an Ewok, like a big one. Well, he's he's a Wookiee, and Wookies are from Kashyyyk, and the Ewoks are from the forest moon of Endor. So, I mean, I mean, if you say so, man. he was he was there in Return of the Jedi, but everyone was there. So, yeah, you know. I've I've seen that. Uh, you ever see the uh, the, the so Chewy Chewy's your guy. Chewy Chewy yeah Chewy's oh. my favorite. You know, if you ever saw the episode of South Park where uh, Johnny Crockett does the Chewbacca defense, no, <laughs> and, and and he says like, why would Chewbacca, a six a seven foot tall Wookiee, live on Endor with a bunch of three foot tall Ewoks? It does not make sense. If Chewbacca lives on Endor, you must have quit. And at, at the time that came out in like I don't know 1999, I'm right. like I'm like he didn't live on Endor. Come on. So it's you're fine. you're passionate about this. I mean, they didn't really go into detail. They didn't tell you that he lived on Kashyyyk till later. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't live there. Pretty All sure. right. So in the spirit of Halloween, favorite Halloween movie. And have you been following these Halloween annual flicks that they've been doing for the original series of Halloween? No. Because um, they're not very good so far. Good. I, I, I suspected as much. So I yeah, did. The first one's okay. The second one sucks. The third one I'm hoping is good, but. Now, is this favorite like horror Halloweenish movie yeah, or yeah. Halloween like, the series? You know, Nightmare okay. on Elm Street. Um, um, I'll tell you, and I know it's bad. I know it's bad. That's but, good. Um, I mean, most of them are. Um, we forget I, that. I went and I saw. I think when I was in college, it probably came out. Freddy versus Jason. Okay, it was so bad. Was it bad? Yeah, but like we went and saw it in the theater. Me and a couple friends, and I'm like, this is this is my kind of horror. A couple beers and. Had a good time. No, man. I went into it totally straight. and like, I want to I want Okay, so there's really no excuse this. for you liking it. Yeah. I okay. mean, we went some bad movies. Like, almost exclusively bad movies when I was in college. So in the, the spirit of Halloween, do you have or have any ghost stories been passed down to you that you could share that I could put some spooky music behind this? Go ahead and set the stage for us. Do you have a story? <sighs> Everybody's got a story. If you've got the spooky music, I'm going to feel really bad about this. <sighs> there is ghost stories. Um... I don't discount the existence of ghosts. Okay, so but, that's a start. Uh, but um, I don't think I've ever had any. Do you want me to get the Ouija board out? We can try it. I mean, yeah, we can try it out. I mean, <laughs> I'll, 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 do, I'll do whatever. We will create but... a ghost story right here on the Mog. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, people got to go somewhere. I like to think, you know, you don't just, you know. I think we all know that. Right? I mean, yeah. There's yeah. the body, but then there's what's driving the body. Yeah. Not to get it's, all like philosophical. It's, it's up. But it's it will be very upsetting to think that like everything that you ever did and thought would just self awareness is you know? something independent of a a body. Yeah, I, I I believe that. Unfortunately, I've never actually had any encounters. I don't think. Okay. Well, no spooky I've, I've music never, for I never, you. I never I, lived in a haunted house that I'm aware of. Well. Um. Well, I, no, this isn't a scary thing. It's but, coming up. But one one time, um, my wife uh, woke me up at like three in the morning. Because she swore there was a bat in our house, oh, and um, and she trapped it in uh, our our um, third bedroom. And I'm like, well, what are you gonna do? What are we gonna What are we gonna do now? What's What's the end game here? And then like, and like, well, like let's let's go to bed. It's trapped in the room. And then, you know, I I open the door the next morning, and there's nothing in there. I'm like, well, either he flew out under the door, or he opened the window and closed it, or there was no bat. Right. Never well, found a bad corner. Most I mean, likely he opened the door and closed it. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, naturally. I mean, I didn't hear it, but I went right back to sleep after we had this conversation. So I don't know. But that, I mean, that was. So a, that's it. That was a creepy encounter. I guess it would be. That, that she claims to have had. I mean, I didn't right, so, see anything. And that's the thing about ghost stories. If 
somebody else doesn't experience it. Like if my wife experiences something and I don't, I'm like, yeah, it's probably in your head. But when I experience it, I want her to believe it, right? Yeah. We're not really fair when it comes to... Yeah, I mean, I thoroughly believe that she saw something that she thought was a bat, but... Could have just been like a large bug? I, like I a moth that wilted? I don't know, man. Right. Shouldn't, shouldn't there have been a moth in there? How about then? your favorite Halloween candy? Well, my favorite candy, just in general terms, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Okay. Halloween classic, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's more of an Easter classic. Well, if you get them shaped like an egg, it is. <laughs> well, how do they shape them for Halloween? Like um, like peanut butter just, cups. They're circles. They're just the, right. the regular kind. Okay. All right. But they're orange. So I brought it up briefly in the introduction. Tell me about your day job before we get into your background. Okay. Um, it's not uh, not too thrilling to, to listen to, but um, I work on websites for like benefit enrollment, you know, medical, dental, vision, life insurance, all that stuff. Um, so just kind of putting everyone's- God, uh, that sounds awful. The people are good. It, it pays I, the bills. I like I like the people I work with, even okay. though even though I haven't actually seen most of them in person for like. And you're working on the website. You're not actually dealing with the benefits. You're just making the benefits accessible. Yeah, people yeah. tell me what the benefits are, and like these people get this benefit, but these people don't. And I'll be like, all right, I'll make sure when this person logs in, they don't see that. You know, that kind of thing. The pictures online actually make it look kind of hip. The pictures online do not feature okay. any of our actual employees. Okay. These are all, um, that's I think all, that's all stock total, footage. Total stock footage. No, we don't like sit at tables and look at pie charts or anything. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't been in the office since, I've been in one day since March 2020 when we, we shut down for COVID and we went remote. I've been in the office one day since then. So is this a nine to five type gig? Yeah. But uh, they're pretty cool about, um, you know, if you have to leave a little bit early, like, like hey, I got to be at the, I got to be at the record, at, you know, load in at five and I'm going to take, I don't want to take a half day. I'm going to leave it like 4.30. Then we like, whatever, yeah. That's good. Yeah, so it's been pretty good for uh, life balance, good band balance yeah, with yeah. works. They don't, they don't really care about that kind of stuff. So my new job is basically uh, I work in the events department at Hartford Community College. Mm-hmm. I work 9 to 5, but then I work all the events. So like literally I have no life at this point. Okay. So in order to have a band at this point, is like I'm not even sure how I'm going to do that. Yeah. It is good to have those types of jobs, but – with those types of jobs, like I worked in a bank for four and a half years, it can be kind of very tedious to be just sitting at a desk all day long. Yeah. Well, since I work from home now, I'm able to kind of get right, up and, well, you know, I can go down to my kitchen. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. You spoiled son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and they asked, like, do you have any interest in coming back to the office? I'm like, not, <laughs> no. not really. Right. I mean, just like not driving to Timonium, which, I don't know, it's like eight miles from my house. It takes me 40 minutes. I'm like, just not having to do that twice a day. Right. Such a game changer Absolutely. You know, if i have to get my kid from school because he's sick i'm like two minutes away from his school so yeah i'm not gonna go back anytime soon cool talk to me about your musical journey where does it all start from mike falkler all right so just take me from the the genesis like the very first record maybe you were introduced to or whatever all right so we had so i didn't have a very musical house okay um my 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 parents had a lot of records. Which is always interesting to me. Yeah. Like, my parents had a ton of records, um, and I didn't know whose was whose. They were all just, you know, together. But uh, for the first, like, Jesus, like 10, 12 years of my life, we didn't have a record player. So they're just sitting there, and I'm like... So they're like novelties. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean I'm mean, i sure they had record players when they got them. But, uh, right. But, like, I mean, yeah. like I Maybe. Never, Maybe I, they're just collectors. I never heard them, like, in my life. So I didn't even, like, pull them out and, like, look at the records. I'm like, oh, these are records. No, no big deal. <laughs> And like we had Black a, circles, and we had a handful of things on um, cassette. Like my dad had like Thriller, a couple, oh, of Z, yeah. a couple of ZZ Top albums. Yeah, yeah. Um, like no jacket required by Phil Collins. Um, 
like Billy Joel stuff, like a couple of random things. Yeah. Um, and like my dad would listen. He, we had a pool table in the basement and he would go down. He came home from work. He'd go down and play pool and he'd listen to one of his like favorite cassettes. Yeah. Like one of his like five or six cassettes that he had. Play an air guitar with the the pool cue. I mean, he was just he had like these like posters of like the people from Dallas and like a bunch of like football pennants and stuff and 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 this pool table and he'd be listening to Thriller down there and I would go down just to like watch him play pool and I remember this um, song Thriller is playing and I'm listening to it and and watching him play and then like at the end Vincent Price does this whole spiel and he does that laugh <laughs> fucking sprinted out yeah, of I'm out of here yeah scared scared the daylights out of me so i remember that pretty fondly um in a weird way um but yeah other than that he would like he listened to zz top and stuff i never paid that much attention to it yeah. like, i would like look at the cassettes and be like oh there's a cool cover that's a car on it right, right. um but uh but it like when we were like driving places unless we took that copy of eliminator with us and like put it in the in the car like we just listen to am radio all the time um and the station that we listened to most of the time when i was a kid was um 910 WSBA um and they played music a little bit like but they had a very small like I don't know dozen songs maybe in circulation and they play some cool bands but they play like one song by them right like they like they played Zeppelin but it was only full in the rain or the, if they played the doors it was only ever hello I love you so like I would hear them and I didn't particularly like you know I didn't get particularly into them or anything but uh we listened to that and then Right around the time we like moved, not that far, but we moved like across town. So we were driving more to get to the places that we, you know, we're used to going. Uh, and my mom was driving us instead of my dad. And like, I think around the same time, like WSBA went like all talk. And she was like, nope. And she went over to FM. And I'm like, what a world changer. FM radio. Yeah. Songs. So like, and I think we like worked around trying to find what we we're going to listen to, but we ended up on a, like a top 40 station um, for a couple of years. And I didn't like love any of the music particularly, but I liked that there was music on in the car. So um, I started to kind of, and I didn't like buy records or anything other than like, you know, I had like the Simpsons and the blues and, you know, novelty records like right, that. Right. But, um, and the Ninja Turtles one and two soundtrack. Naturally. Um, but uh, it wasn't until like we were listening to the top 40 station and the thing that did it was Green Day had a crossover hit. When I Come Around was on Top 40 Radio. So, like, it's, like, intermixed with, like, Boys to Men and All for One. Right. And, and that's the, kind of that, weird, it's on, right? It's on the radio. And When I Come Around came on. It's not, like, their heaviest song or anything. But, like, but just still the, the, way, totally the way the guitar sounded, the way the drums sounded, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I like the way all of this sounds. Um, and... I didn't even know where to like seek it out. So like I listened to it and I'm like, I guess I can just find other radio stations until I find more that play stuff like this. Um, and I went around and found one um, that played other Green Day songs. I'm like, oh, these are cool too. So Green Day was my big um, like dive into rock music yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and we eventually con convinced How my mom. How old were you at that time? So, so when I come around, I mean, Dookie came out in 1994. So I assume this was somewhere in 94. Yeah, so I'm like, sense. I'm like 11. Yeah. Um, yeah. 11, 12, maybe. Uh, so we convinced my mom like, hey, when, when we're driving around, can we listen to 105.7 instead of 
this other thing. That's the PA station, right? That's yeah, one five seven uh the edge at the time. Yeah. Um still there. Yeah, it's it changed to the X and they started playing classic rock more often, but it, yeah, it's still the same station. Yeah, it's like an audio rock kind of thing. But yeah, it was like one of five seven um we listened to and and we convinced her to let us listen to that, like to and from school. And um so I'd hear oh, all sorts of stuff on there, you know, from I mean, you're talking about 94, 95. I was going to say, I mean, if if Green Day was your introduction, then you kind of completely missed the 80s. Yeah. So you were kind of getting the 80s, I guess, through 105.7. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they didn't play a ton of 80s stuff at the time. Like, they play like, they play like Epic. I guess that came out in like the right. late 80s, right? They played that, but they were really... You hear this, Joe. Mike was a Faith No More fan. I'm just throwing that out there because Joe hates Faith No More. I think he only hates Faith No More because of Epic. Because if he actually heard the whole catalog, I think he'd probably like some of the songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually surprised when I heard some other stuff. I'm like, oh, this is... I, well, I, every album's completely different. Yeah, That's um, their thing. Yeah, Mike Patton does his own thing. He's but, um, awesome. Uh, but yeah, I listened to that. And then like, um, once we started listening to that, I'm like, oh man, I like I like Green Day. And I, I stayed like a big Green Day guy for a long time. Um, and my first record that I got, like first real CD that I got, um, we got our CD player in 95. I got Insomniac for Christmas. I... Uh, got a Camelot music gift certificate and I went out the day after Christmas and I bought Dookie. And then like two weeks after that, I bought like the presence of the United States of America's first oh, album. God. And I, I just, I just dove in, man. Um, it was like that rancid Foo fighters. Oh, Rancid's killer. Um, yeah. Outcome the wolves. That was like my fourth album that I got. Such a good record. Um, and then like, I, I, uh, I dove way in. Like I, every time I got, what do CDs cost? $15. Every time, anytime I got $15, bam over there. Um, so I, I built up a lot of stuff. Um, and then my, my brother got a Columbia House membership. And like right before he went to college, and I'm like. Just all these albums and tapes well, are coming and he, in. And he's like, look, I got this, but I have to buy five albums at regular club price over the next like year. I'm like, I got you, man. I'll do it. So my my, my collection exploded. I got this pizza job. It's it's taken off. No, oh, this was a lawnmower money at the time. But okay. yeah, um, but I, I, I got so many CDs um, and I would just kind of go in like Green Day. I'm like, what do I like about Green Day? I like like the, the, the raw tone. Like what's more stuff that's going to be like this? It has the raw, you know, the rawness, but maybe some other stuff that I can get into. So I moved to like Nirvana at the rawness, but more like more riffs instead of just chord progressions. And I went from them to Metallica because that's like all riffs. Um, and then like more into classic rock. And I, I came around. You did. Uh, you know, because your style to me is very, it's got an almost 70s bluesy vibe to it. Yeah. I, I spent a long time in the. I wanted to 70s. hesitate and say like 80s because it's not really 80s, but it's definitely got a little bit of that 70s flavor. Yeah. Uh, I spent a long time after I kind of. Um, it was like one of my friends in high school, like, was into a lot of like, classic rock stuff. Yeah. And he played like the. Um, uh, he played like the riff from Black Dog, I think. And I'm like, what's a good one? Like, what is this? And he told me, I'm like, huh, interesting. So I'm like, uh, and that, but I thought it was weird to like, go buy old albums for some reason. I don't know. I don't have the problem anymore. But I'm like, should I go buy an album from 1971? I guess. Right. And I went and bought Led Zeppelin 4. I'm like, oh, this is all Zeppelin 4. This is, is all cool. Fantastic. Um, and, and then I got into like classic rock and I'm like, well, all these guys listen to blues. So I'll get into blues. Um, then like the, the Robert Johnson, like complete recordings of just, you know, acoustic blues from like the thirties. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, I've gone pretty, pretty deep down this rabbit hole. It's back uh, to green day. Maybe I'll start incorporating 
And like, I wasn't even listening to anything that had come out in the past like 10 years. I'm like, maybe I can go back and listen to more modern stuff. And But there was never like introductory instruments like like little things, like maybe you started off on the piano, things that kind of got, you know, the musical juices flowing a little bit. So I played the viola in third grade. The viola. Okay. Yeah. Like a violin, but better. Right. It's bigger. Right. Um, and <laughs> nobody talks about the viola. <laughs> nobody. Everyone hates the viola for no reason. But, right. Uh, I mean, I liked it. I don't know why I picked the viola, but I did. Um, and I played it in third. I don't know. It was maybe second grade, too, but definitely third grade. Um, I didn't really love it. Right. Um, and uh, once Naturally. we got past playing like three blind mice and stuff and stuff you could play <laughs> in the open strings and we had to start fretting stuff and we had to start reading music. I was like, oof, I'm kind of yeah, out. I'm kind of out. Um, and then we moved um, the summer between third and fourth grade. We moved, and the school I went to didn't have a string program. So I'm like, got to give it up. And my yeah. mom's like, you could play like the trumpet or something. I'm like, no, no, viola or nothing, mom. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, my high or school. Or the Gibson. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. My, my high school offered a guitar class. So like a couple years later, you know, this is a few years after I really start diving in deep to all this stuff. Um, and they offered a guitar class. I'm like, well, the guitar is the place to be. If this is what I'm into, this is the stuff I want to, um, this is what I want to play. So I talked to my parents, I'm like, if I take this class and I like do okay, and I still like the guitar when it's done, will you get me one? And they're like, yeah, if you still like it, you can have one, okay. but you have to take lessons. Right. You have to keep taking lessons. I never took another lesson in my life, but, um, but they did get me one. Um, and it's right there. I brought it with me. Um, my first, is that your first guitar? My, my first guitar. You brought your first guitar to yep. the Mog? Yep. And, and what is, uh, what's it, in the case? It is an ovation applause. Okay. So, um, what squire is defender? A step applause up from the ovation, ovation clap. But, uh, <laughs> two hands. But, uh, yeah, I had that Jokes. and I played that for all of high school. Um, and into college, I didn't get, get an electric guitar until my junior year of college. What do you think about the Ovation? They were really popular in the late 90s, yeah. but I feel like nobody plays them anymore. I have an applause upstairs as well. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the round back. Yeah. Um, when I had it and I went to like- A little tingy. Like, yeah. yeah, a little bit. Uh, and especially the applause, it's mm. like the carbon fiber and the neck is, or whatever the material is. Right. And the neck is like plastic, um, which is cool. It like never bends. It'll never warp. Right. So um, when I like would read people talking about their action and- and trust rod adjustments, I'm like, what are they even talking about? Right. My, applause, my applause doesn't have this shit. But um, <laughs> uh, but I played that for years um, because I have a, unrelated to music, but I have a partial hearing loss or really mostly like, I don't know, maybe I have 30% hearing in my right ear. Wow. Um, and my parents were worried if I was like, if I played electric guitar, I would blow up. What's it from? Did you have like, uh, um, like had, tubes? and? I had spinal meningitis. Oh God. When I was two. People die from that. Yeah, I know. I apparently there was a good, you know, people thought I might, and then I didn't. Um, but uh, I did get Scary, like a, Mike. I did get like a spinal tap as part of the the thing, and I think. And, but you don't remember any of it, do you? No, that was all before I, yeah. I can remember. I can only remember back to like. I you just know. knew that something terrible happened. Yeah, my mom. That's told gotta me, be weird too. Like my mom told me about it. Um, but you and, don't have like any even recollections of like going to the hospital. Like hmm. they say you don't remember anything before five, but I th I remember like little things. No, I remember the the earliest. <laughs> verifiable thing I can remember was in 1988 when I was four turning five. Okay. Um, cause we saw who framed Roger Rabbit in okay. the theaters. And I remember that. And that came out in like, I think may 88. So I was four. It's really specific. About Mike. to turn five. I, I remembered <laughs> that, 
Like, I'm sure there's stuff I remember before that, but right. that's the first thing I could like look at the internet and be like, this is the date. May 1988, Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever month it was. But um, yeah, I remember that, but I definitely don't remember the meningitis. Um, but uh, I had that and I'm pretty sure, I mean, I can't remember before that, but I'm pretty sure that's where the, the hearing loss came from. Has but, that affected your playing at all? I don't think so. I mean, I don't either. I'm I, just curious. I, I've never had a time I like can when remember. you're playing live. Is there ever like a time where maybe the mix on stage is kind of maybe not working with your loss? Um, not really. Uh, I mean, I've never known anything it's else. It's just loud and it's Yeah, fine. I've, I've never yeah, known yeah. anything but this. So I just kind of, you know, right. deal with whatever it is. Um, I hate wearing headphones for things because like if it's something is mixed off. in stereo, it's yeah. I, like I'll miss a good portion of it. Like when uh, Like how much hearing loss are we talking? I, I, I would estimate I have like 30% hearing tops wow. on that side. Does it feel like you almost have like a hand over your ear? No, it doesn't feel weird at all. Um, like so used to Yeah, it. I mean, like when I'm just like talking to people, I can't, I mean, I can't like tell that half my head isn't hearing as well as the other half. That's so weird. It's just if someone comes to whisper in my ear, I always have to like. Right. Turn. Like if you're they like always come over venue, to my right and start talking. I and all always the people, have to turn. Yeah. Always. But um, I've never known anything else. So it hasn't really impacted me. But like when I started listening to like the Doors records and stuff, and those things were like Jim Morrison and John Densmore on one side, right. and Ray Manzarek and Robbie Cooper on the other. Like I listen to that, I'm like this is garbage. I need to, I need to listen to stuff that's not in stereo. Take it off your ears but, uh, and just turn it up. <laughs> yeah, um, and it was like I think the guitar was on the right side, so I like I would put the headphones on backwards, and so I could listen to the guitar. On that's Oregon. fascinating. But um, I, yeah, so I I still have that every now and then. You know, when we're like mixing our own stuff, like yeah, I'll be standing in. Um, I'll be standing in the studio. I'll just like walk around. I won't just like stand in one. I won't sit in one place. I'll like walk around to get the whole picture. <laughs> I can't hear the guitar, Dan. Oh, it's panned in the right. I, I mean, sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll tell Tony, I'm like, like, you know, like, could you, you, you are you panning me over here? Right. No, I mean, you know, can you, can you put me on? Are you messing with me? Can you put, can you put me on the left? Because if I listen to the headphones, I like to go to hear myself. Right, right. Um, but, but I had that, but my parents were worried if they got me an electric guitar, I was going to like blow my hearing out completely. Um, so they never got me an electric, so... So on stage, are you wearing, like, earplugs? No. Um, I tried it, and, like, since I only have one good ear in the first place, if, like, I plug it, I get that weird, like, underwater sensation, I I can't I can't do it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I do often, after shows, I'll have them ringing on, you know, in one ear, not the other. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, that happens, but um, it hasn't been that bad. I don't I don't think I've had any long-term damage. impact from, from loud music, but uh, as soon as I from my pizza delivery job as soon as i had enough money from that i went and bought an electric um so a hearing aid or something like that wouldn't help you i think it probably would uh-huh but i don't know i've just never you just yeah fair i mean enough. it doesn't i mean other than like having to turn headphones around it doesn't really impact me so aside from the guitar are you doing any backing vocals in the group i know joe was um no not a think again um i did an ashes um, I guess just out of necessity. I feel um, like I'd seen you singing at some point. Maybe yeah. that's what I remember. And I've done it with Will too, every now and then. Um, but yeah, and, and think again, I don't. Um, I think maybe I've like thought about it. Like if we have to play like things I don't know how to say and Joe's not there, I'm like, oh man, someone's going to, like he has a huge vocal part in that. Like maybe I would do that. He did a really good job. I think that gave him the confidence because he started doing it in underground. Yeah. So he would start doing like the gang vocals with Pat. Yeah. You know, that's what I would do when I would do the backings in, in Ashes. It was always, it wasn't like harmonies. It was just gang vocals. Um, Cause then I could, or, or like I would do like a really artificially high pitched thing um, because like I could get up relatively in pitch, like, you know, an octave higher than everything. I'm like, oh, this would be cool if I did this like super high. 
So like that's right. on like some of the records I do it. And like I, I didn't do it live because I, I would be I couldn't get on pitch all the time right. live. So, um, yeah, I don't really do it so much anymore. Uh, I'm not against doing it, but um, I, I know one of the songs we did, uh, I think Dan had it. He played on the mock, I think. Revive. We did that. Yes. There's, there's gang vocals in that. Um, like coming in the in the bridge section. I'm like, well, I'm like playing a solo here. I really can't right. do that while I'm playing it. it. Right. Um, so I just don't. Well, we're going to talk about Think Again. We're going to talk about the new song. Before I do that, I wanted to ask you about your current pedal configuration with mm. the electric guitar. Okay. And what was your first pedal? Was it the Metal Zone? <laughs> no, I've never had a Metal Zone. Okay. Uh, it was a boss. Um, but Joe wanted me to ask you about your your new fandangled, I guess, plane well, rig. It's stripped down now. Um, not Well, it's, it's, it's more complicated than I would like it actually right now. Um, but I, I'll, yeah, I'll start at the beginning here. When I bought my guitar, my first electric, um, I, I bought my first electric. I was a, an SG, an SG standard circa 2014. Um, so like a, I think with tax $1,300 guitar as my first electric for, and God knows why I did it on layaway. I paid it off in the last possible day. Um, and like, I, I brought the money in cause I owed like $800 on, to, to get off layaway. And I came in with it and I'm like, Oh shit, I need to buy an amp too. And cables and pedals and i got a um i got a boss dynamic wah okay was my first pedal i bought that the day i had yeah, um yeah. the day i bought the amp um and those are really popular yeah and like and i got an expression pedal for it so i could use it like a regular wah if i wanted um and i've sadly lost that pedal i had it recently <laughs> I, I had it in storage at my mom's house and her basement flooded and all my stuff was uh lost in the flood but um i had a lot of gear over there but if it was important to me, I wouldn't have had it at her house. I would have had it at my house. So nothing of huge value. But um, I got a couple boss pedals. Um, I got a delay pedal. A Line 6 Echo Park was like my first delay pedal. And I didn't know what some of the controls did. So like I had to mix like all the way up. Um, and like I played something and um, it started repeating and it started like oscillating. And like my roommate came in. He's like, like, what? What's happening? What's the spaceship sounds? I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know how to use this. I think maybe some of these knobs needs to be turned lower than they are. And it's like, please. So I did that. But like in Ashes, I, I had a pretty big rig um, that I actually broke into two pedal boards um, just because there was so much stuff on there. So I had one, like a powered pedal board that I treated kind of like a rack. Yeah. So everything so was you're like, like playing hopscotch with your guitar so, pedals. So, yeah. So I had a, a TC Electronic G system, which is like a MIDI controller. And then like it's also an effects unit uh, on its own. Right. So I had a little like rack unit that you could detach from the foot controller. So I put that on my pedal board and I had like all these other pedals and loops. And then I just, I had a pedal board with like an expression pedal and the controller that like ran by a little cat five cable out to the front of the stage. So I had like a pedal board with a controller going back to a powered pedal board that I treated like a rack to set behind my amp. It was such a pain to carry, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, I had a four by 12 cabinet, two pedal boards, probably three or maybe four four guitars sometimes in ashes so like that, that was a pain in the ass so uh after that band was over i got rid of my 412 almost immediately i'm like nope see ya never using you again yeah um i still have a one by 12 like wide body cabinet but it's light it's easy to carry right um i can keep it in my trunk as you can see i still got the 412 over yeah. there it's like i mean they're cool i just like i don't want to right well it was kind of the standard in the early yeah. 2000s like yeah you i felt, I felt like, like I, that or you didn't i felt like i needed it um in, yeah. in one of the bands i had like my, definitely boosted your confidence yeah like i had my marshall combo and then like i got a pv uh 
classic 50, like two by 12. And I used both of them. That was even more of a pain in the ass, taking two combo amps. Oh, yeah. And like an amp stand. Absolutely. Um, and like, but had that, but our bass player at the time in this band had like a, and we, we played like in his basement and he had this, um, like a 700 watt head and a 410 cabinet and a one by 15 cabinet in his basement. And he was like blowing me out of the water. So I'm like, I need to get like a hundred watt head and a 412 so I can compete with this, right. with this guy. So I did that out of necessity. I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. This is cool. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> after, after Ashes was over, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be in like a big heavy band like this again. I don't think I need this. Yeah. So I sold it. Um, and I eventually downsized to a, a Line 6 Helix, which um, uh, I love. And uh, I haven't been particularly hard on it, but I guess uh, just in, in transit, um, I broke one of the little knobs. Really? It works like three ways. It's like a joystick, it's a rotary thing, and it's a push button huh. uh, thing. And um, the rotary stuff stopped working, I don't know, after some time. Like, I can get by without the rotary. Right. Um, I can just use the joystick and the push button stuff. Um, and then the push button stopped working. So I can't like make changes with it without the push button. So I'm like, well, I'll go get it fixed. So I took it to this place that's like an authorized line six service center in April, April 1st. But because of like the electrical part shortage, right? Like the one particular $5.25 um, pot that I need has been on back order for months. And it's the only thing that'll work in, in this particular setup. So like, so the Helix is out of, is out of service at the moment. Um, so I have a boss katana which came highly recommended by Chris okay. Um And I, I have my, my one by 12 cabinet still. So I, I, I broke that out. Um, and for some of the stuff I was playing with Will, Will Sims, uh, I was like, I need to get like a pitch shifter so I can do some, like, he had some like high stuff. I'm like, I, I want to be able to go octave up and I want to, I want to have an extra drive on there. And, um, I have like a, a feedback creating pedal, which is like cool, fun thing to turn on. And a little MIDI controller that controls the katana and stuff. So that's what I'm using right now. It's a minimal, minimalist rig, like three pedals and a controller and the amp. Um, but it gets me where I it gets me where I need to be. I really would love to be back in the um wanna get my helix back. Yeah, no doubt. Because I mean we have stuff like some of the stuff to think again, like we could play it without this, but it's gonna sound funky without this specific effect, which I don't have access to. So Well, let's talk think again. Think again is you. Dan Houts, mm -hmm. Joe Ruggiero, all have been on the MOG, and Fred Wood. Yep. When did you join the band, and has Fred always been in the band? Fred has always been in the band. Okay. Um, so Dan and Fred were also in Ashes Embers. Correct. Um, so, yes. and actually, uh, some of the other bands I, I told you about, like um, Erasing All, one of my first bands, that Dan was in that. Um, we went on to a band called Ends Frey. That was Dan, and then Fred joined in for that. Um, that morphed into 90 Second Life Story, with still with the three of us. Um, and then we kind of shuffled some other members there after that ran its course, we formed ashes Zembers, Um, and Dan actually wasn't in that initially. Um, it was me and Fred were looking for something new and we found Adam nickel through Craigslist ads. Like all three of us were like out right. looking and like, I think, I don't know who responded to what. Is that like, when he went and did like through the wake or no, the, through the wake was actually happening concurrent with think again. Okay. Um, but, um, this is in like 2009, Fred and I are communicating with Adam um separately okay uh and like adam's talking to me he goes hey uh i got a bass player and a singer which didn't pan out and, but this drummer in joppa town i'm like that's curious fred lives in joppa town and then like meanwhile he's talking to fred he goes i'm talking to this guitar player who lives in cockiesville oh, wow. and fred's like huh that can only be mike so like we all met up and right like, and like this works cool and then like we jammed for a while and it was going really well we had some cool ideas but i'm like we got to get a bass player in here 
to like add something to it because it's cool, but it's starting to get monotonous just playing the same stuff. The three sure. of us, we need to get someone singing in here or a bass player just like liven it up. And like after a little while, I'm like, you know, Dan will do this. I'll call him. And like I sent him some stuff. And I think he was like just doing a solo acoustic stuff like he is, you know, Damn, now. Think vocally, right? Yeah. He, he was doing his think vocally thing. Um, he was kind of, you know. See, I always thought Think Again was Dan's band. I mean, basically it okay. is. Yeah. So this is back before Think Again. I'm just kind of setting the stage here. Okay. Um, but we brought Dan in. I sent him some Ashes demos. And he was like, was like, okay, I'm in. I have lyrics for this. Um, and he came in and he Very sang cool. him. And we're like, cool. So we spent years in that band. Um, but uh, in 2014... Uh, my son was about to be born, so I'm like, "Hey, look, I'm gonna take. We didn't give we didn't give Dave the same courtesy when his daughter's being born. But like, look, I'm gonna take. Uh, I don't know, two months off. So let's not do anything to, to be a father. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. look, the record's not closing. We had no choice but to do that when Dave was having his daughter. But you know, that's not happening again. So I'm gonna take two months off. You guys do whatever. Um, so Dan had been doing. Um, he had been playing his like think vocally, his solo thing. Yeah, and that's what e I remember. Every now and then, Fred would just go join him like on, on djembe. Um, but it was still think vocally and just Fred was there sometimes. Right. Um, but they added a guitar player somewhere in this time period in like 2014 ish, um, 20, maybe, maybe 2013 it started. But, um, in that time period when I was taking that time off, um, they put out their, uh, EP, the brainchild EP. Uh -huh. Um, and I mean, they, I think they probably played here and there, but right. like after I came back, ashes was back on for briefly, not, not that, not that much yeah. longer before we, we, you know, that ran its course. But um, after that was over, um, after the after the think, first Think Again EP came out, which I wasn't on, um, the guitar player that they had, like, I don't know, disappeared off the face of the earth or something. Um, Is he still off the face of the earth? Uh, he's in some of... He's, he's, he's somewhere. People know where he is, but, like, no one communicates with him anymore. Um, but, uh, so, they brought... After Ashes had, had finished, they mm. brought Dave, who was in Ashes Denver's too, uh, Dave Bowen, they brought him in to play bass, and Fred was still playing hand drum, but I think he had like moved from a djembe to a cajon, so it sounded kind of more like a kick snare kind of drum kit thing. So it had more of like a rock sound to yeah. it. Um so and then we had you had the bass in there and like the more kind of solid, like rock and roll sounding hand drum thing. And I went and saw them at Vagabond. And I was, you know, I was doing whatever. I mean, I wasn't doing anything in particular. I went and saw them at Vagabond and they played, interestingly enough, on my way. Which is a song I I sent to you? Oh God! So it's really that old of a yeah. song. Yeah, uh, and lyrically, it's, lyrically, it's kind of a rework of an Ashes song um, that I think Dan just wanted to like. Yeah, you know what? I didn't really love whatever, so I kind of changed it around and and did this. So lyrically, it was that which I caught on right away. But like the feel of it, like more than the the, the think vocally and think again stuff that I had heard previously, it just had like the drive of like a rock band, despite being, I mean, Dave was playing electric bass, but acoustic. And like, was this recorded? It was recorded with Tony, right? Uh, Brainchild was done with. Uh, no, no, I mean on my way. Oh, on my way, yeah, just okay. Well, partially, we we recorded the parts and Tony mixed it. Um, okay, so uh, which is the same same thing we did for Revive, but um, I heard him play on my way, and I'm like, this is really cool. This has like a cool drive to it, more so than the. I mean, not that I didn't you know disliked it, but like this is the stuff I can like actually see myself playing. Mm -hmm. Like you know, it had like the rock drive that I was like looking for. And I don't remember if I said, like, hey, can I join? Or if Dan's like, hey, you know, we could use a guitar. And that, now you're talking about Brainchild at this point. Yeah, this okay. is. Um, That's the first record, I think, yeah. again. Okay. Yeah, so that was Dan and Fred and the other guitar player. Um, so they were, and so they'd released that. And then, 
So this is 2015, a couple months after Ashes was was done. Um, I saw him at Vagabond. One way or the other, I don't know if I asked or if Dan said something to me, but I'm like, hey, I kind of like to join. <laughs> it would be cool. Um, Do you so, need another guitar player or something uh, like that? Yeah, right? I was like, I don't know if you could use me. Um, but uh, And shortly after that, and I think this was just like a, uh, like Dave moved to Jarrettsville. So like he was like, yeah. he was like way, like way out there. Um, he got that job at like Allstate or something. He was yeah, doing like, he, he was yeah. like going, yeah, he was like all over the place. So like he had a hard time hitting the normal schedule that we were yeah. we want to do for practices. So um, we were all in the band for a little while, but we couldn't really do a lot with Dave's schedule. Um, but we did, um, we wrote some songs and they were really cool. Um, and it was a cool, it was like two acoustics, electric bass and the hand drum. Um, and that was the format. And then after a while, we're like, all right, well, Dave can't do this consistently. So we're like, we want to do it. We like this format. Uh, and I guess enough stars aligned that Joe was available at that particular time. Right. Um, so we brought him in. Joe's been in it for what, five, um, five I'm years? I would say that Joe probably came in in 2017. Yeah, so about five something years. Something like that. Yeah. Because um, we did um, the first thing after Brainchild that we put out was uh, Every Which Way, the EP. Um which is which has Joe on it and Dave is on one of the songs. So Dave came and recorded one of the songs that he helped co-write and then Joe's on the rest of it. Um, but like I, I was really curious about the songwriting process and you're going down a road that I, I wasn't anticipating. So it sounds to me though that the songwriting was a little bit more collaborative than I was envisioning. Yeah. Um I kind of thought it might be like Dan writes the songs and then you kind of come in and add to the songs, but it sounds like there's a little bit more going on. It's it, it is kind of like that sometimes. Okay. Um, but uh, in this particular one, and <laughs> Dave did this, like he'll just like, he'll send you like a, a Facebook message with like a video of him, like check this out. And, and I'll play like a, a thing. We're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And like, it was like, I don't know if you want to write words or you know, do anything. <laughs> and then, you know, sometimes it turns into a song. Right. Um, and I think that was, that was the case um, there. So he came and he had a cool bass line on. He's like, he's like, Hey, I'm cool with like, you know, Joe being your bass player, but I'd like to come play on this song. So he came and, and played on that. Um, but we recorded that, and one of the songs on that was um, "Things I Don't Know How to Say," which I think I referenced earlier. Um, but that was previously like just a like a almost like a stream of consciousness thing that Dan would do. That it's just a couple of chords, and he would kind of sing it, and the verses would go on for however long they went. You know, he would change to another part whenever he he kind of wanted. But um, and we came in, and this is still like the mostly acoustic instrumentation yeah. and we're just kind of sitting there in, in a circle. We're like, all right, these are the chords. And like me and Joe and Fred are like, what can we do here? And we're just kind of messed around until we came up with a cool rhythm. Um, and then Dan came in and started singing on top of it. And I'm like, this is the potential of this band right here. Yeah. Like it was a really cool moment of like Dan's song that we're taking and we're not just like adding to it. We're like transforming it basically. Yeah. Um, so that was a really cool moment for that. Um, and then from there, um, by the time that EP came out, which is all acoustic and cajon, um, uh, by the time that album came out, we'd pretty much were like, all right, Fred's going to start playing a full kit. I'm going to start playing electric. Um, Dan's going to play acoustic. That's going to be the common thing. He's yeah. going to play acoustic, prominent acoustic kind of everything. got the days of the new vibe a little bit. Yeah. Um, and like, he's going to do that. I'm going to play electric. Um, and I mean, Joe will keep playing electric bass. You're so going to do what you're comfortable doing. Yeah. I'm like, I'll, I'll play so much better. I'll yeah. come up with so much cooler stuff. And I'll be um, more inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I think I'll be able to do more stuff that stands out. Um, you know, two acoustics, it's hard for, you know. What was really cool was the the Keep Hope Alive EP. Yeah. Or actually, that was an album. 
I believe. I mean, it was it was seven songs. So yeah, so it's basically one shy of an album. Huh? Yeah. It doesn't really matter. But there was a lot of really cool and different musical sounds and styles yeah. going on on that record. Yeah. So that was yeah the the realization of that that. That's change. what I was getting at. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, by the time we released Every Which Way, we were already playing like the shows we were playing. We were playing in this like electrified, you know, partially electrified right. format. So like we released Every Which Way, and people were like, "Oh, I kind of expected this to sound like you just did." I'm like, oh, like, well, we recorded this in September or whatever. Right. Um, and then we recorded that somewhere and Tony ended up mixing it. Um, and in the mixing process, Joe went in and like did the backup vocals and on um, things I don't know how to say and some other places and stuff. And that really made it kind of better than it was. Mm-hmm. But after that, we're like, OK, we're going full into the electric stuff. We're going to, you know, we took some old songs that Dan had and um, we kind of trimmed him down a little bit. Um structurally and like all right well i'll do this and i'll just kind of do the first thing that comes to my that comes to mind usually mm-hmm. um and i do kind of look at it like it's dan's thing you know think again is like taken off of think vocally which is him um so like it's dan's band i don't want to like make him well i, I don't want to make him like uh uncomfortable with anything sure. but, but he's never told me like yeah don't do that or don't bring your ideas in <laughs> yeah so I, I was going to ask you about that because, you know, a lot of my bands start as there's usually albums out and then it kind of attracts band members. Yeah. And I was curious, sometimes I am curious, like what it feels like joining another person's project or what you see to be somebody else's project, because you don't want to step on their vision or toes. But at the same time, the longer you're in it, the more you want to be a part of the whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess. Had I not been in multiple bands prior with Dan, I might have approached it differently. Um, but since I had all all the right, it all the like experience it playing with him, I'm like, like I'll come up with something. I'm like, Dan, I like this. This isn't gonna be a problem. So I'll do whatever it is. And um, yeah, I mean, it always works out. I mean, sometimes it'd be like, hey, can you maybe like, I like what you're playing there, but maybe you could do it like later because I'm gonna do this vocal thing here. I'm like, oh yeah, cool, no problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's never really fights about parts. I think everyone kind of, I think everyone gets the vision. Yeah. So none of us are doing things that are, you know, out there um, that are too crazy. But um, yeah. And it's ho- probably starting to develop more of a cohesive sound now that you've yeah, been together. Yeah, over time. Yeah. You've established like who's doing what. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Keep Hope Alive was the definite. Um, that was that moment. Yeah. Everything kind of came together there. And that that we recorded completely at the deep end, um, which helped. It's a really great record. Yeah. That's one of the f- top two things I've done. Yeah. it's Whether it's one or two, you know, I flip flop. On the first Ashes Ember's album, I really um, love what we did with that too. But um, uh, yeah, I, it's great. It's definitely one of the best things. There's I've always done. like those certain records or, or songs throughout your musical career that really stand out. Yeah, and I, I feel like everything was just firing on that one. Yeah, um, and and like Tony helped us with a couple of like um, kind of arrangement things with cool ideas that like they took an idea that was already there. Like he didn't write anything for us, but he took an idea that was already there. He's like, you know, if you could just do this keep doing this here or move this over by one bar yeah. and it's even cooler. We're like, it is cooler. Great. Let's yeah. do that. Um, so yeah, that was a really good way to do that. Um, now, unfortunately when that came out, that was in like 2019. Um, we played behind it a little bit, but, um, COVID hit. but then COVID yeah. hit and we really didn't get to do very much. So while we were all locked away, um, uh, Dan and I were just like, well, we can't play together. Um, I did see him like I took him like a recording interface because yeah. I'm like, let's let's record some stuff at least and we can like toss it back and forth. What do you think about releasing music in 2022? 
Because you know, like you put all this time and money into it. I've asked this and said this on many shows, but you put all this time and money into it, and then you put it out, and it's like it's here like today. a fart in the wind, man. Yeah, it's, it's like here today, gone tomorrow. I met. I remember talking to Dan about her pre-COVID, and there's actually a mysterious song that hasn't actually been realized that I wanted to do with him because we had this whole conversation about it called. Mm. So the song exists. I, I wrote it. I just I haven't sent it to Dan yet. But this idea that like, what do you have to do to get people to really pay attention anymore? It's not their fault. They're inundated with so much crap all the time. And you know, here's something that you've poured your heart into. Yeah. And like you said, a fart in the wind. Yep. I mean, <laughs> not to trivialize it, but that's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, I'm sometimes if I really think about it, I'm like, oh man, that sucks. But I mean, back you know. 10 years ago or what yeah 10 years ago um we when i was delivering pizzas <laughs> i mean we're releasing you know ashes stuff like we were getting cd's burned or you know uh cd's printed and and selling those we and we had like big tables of of cd's and we were playing all the time and like i don't know if people were retaining that anymore than they are now um at least you can see how many people are listening yeah or paying uh, attention yeah i mean but i mean for me like i like spotify i use it um, the idea that all the music in the world is available to me whenever I want to listen to it is cool. Yeah. Even though I know financially, obviously, we're not going to really benefit living in a Spotify world. Um, mm. But it, it's good to me just to know that like the catalog is important. Like I like that our stuff is there for anyone who wants it. Right. Um, whether we make a dime from it or not, yeah. I like that it's there. That was always a big thing for me in um, start, starting with Ashes because we were together for like. Well, four plus years um we really built a catalog and it was important to me that like uh even after we you know a lot of times like you'll see local bands and they'll have like five songs that they start with and then like they'll kind of replace those with a new five songs and and it's like those original the original material just kind of goes away um i never wanted that to happen i wanted to be like you know what i want there to be a catalog i want to be able to go in at like year four and place play, play, play like the first song we wrote and like have so it there, you know? All My Way is an older song. All My Way is a very old song. So did it feel weird going back and like kind of digging that up? Because I've recently re-recorded some songs from like the first record, and I kind of feel like a little off about doing it. Yeah. So what was your um, feeling on it? Well I, I, well, I think On My Way is one that we considered recording for years. Um, so it's not like it was an old song that we're like revisiting. It was like we're just finally, you know, seven years later or so getting around to it. Um but like we played it live for a while, um, and then Dan was like, "Let's bring this back." This was something um, that I think once we kind of got this is you know a side effect of, of COVID. Sure. We were kind of recording the demos at home and just sending them back and forth. And I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" And I'd record a guitar part and like program drums or something, send it back to him. He was cool. He'd send it back with vocals. I'm like, "This sounds good. We should record this with the band." Right. That's that's how Revive came came around. Um, but uh, and that was the single prior to all yeah, my that was way. before yeah, on my yeah. way. Um, kind of that, that was done. The amber in, cover, like the uh, yeah, the like a sunrise and over yeah, the yeah. thing, yeah. Um, and yeah, that was done entirely uh, remotely. Um, none of the four of us saw each other. Um, and we sent the tracks to Tony to mix. We did not go to the mix sessions. That was totally COVID safe. Um, for on my way, we had gotten back into well, we'd practiced a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. gotten back into seeing each other. Um, but we're like, I kind of liked the way Revive worked. I liked being able to record our own stuff. Um, you get a little self-conscious singing to Tony, like, are these tracks good? Yeah. I hope they're good. But like, I packaged them up. I sent him, he's like, tracks sound good. I'm like, oh, what a relief. <laughs> okay, great. Because um, for all my way, I went to the mix session in person, which was really nice to go there. Sure. Um, but um, yeah, we really liked the the format, the, the fact that we were able to record the stuff ourselves and get it, um, get it mixed and sounding 
pretty darn close to the level of quality that, you know, Keep Hope Alive came in. Yeah. Um, you know, if not quite there. Um, so we're really happy with how that came around. Um, I don't really know why Dan you pulled You have complete up. creative control. Yeah. I mean, which is a cool thing about it. Um, and for On My Way, I'm like, I was a little Spartan with the guitar tracks. I didn't go overboard. Um, the song we're actually working on now, I, I actually just sent Dan a message like, the more I listen to this and work out what I'm doing, pretty sure I'm going to go overboard with this because <laughs> I have the ability to. Um, and he's like, cool. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. It's, it's like this, we're actually going 80s for this one. I'm like, okay, Are you I, really? I, I got to put chorus on this. There's going to be like a. You a need three thing. three part harmonies on the vocals. And yeah. Well, there is there is a four part harmony. Uh, I'm coming in. I'm laying some um, high vocals for you. But uh, yeah, we have that. That's going to be a really cool thing to work out. Um, I don't know. I don't know when that's coming out, but that's what we're working on now. Um, Stoked. Uh, it's cool. I mean, I wish we were working a little bit faster than we are. Um, you know, than a, a song every. I don't even know how, how long how long ago we're talking about a song every every you know eight two or months three months not, yeah, you know, yeah yeah um, so I'd like to be a little bit more God, has it been eight months I, I don't know how long it's been but I think you I think you might be right it's been a while um, I just said two or three and I was like no nah, it's been about eight months yeah, yeah. It, it's it's been a while uh, so I mean I like to be more you know frequent than that but again it's just a scheduling thing you know we're trying to get back into it from COVID like um, like Fred had like another kid while we were you know in covid times yeah. so like his life is totally different Good than it was Fred. when we started you know um so it's been it's been hard to kind of get yeah. back on the same schedule but we're doing it um i don't know what made dan go i'm gonna pull all my way back out this is gonna go back to the top of the list but he like recorded a demo for it and it changed a little bit from how we were playing it previously like like he brought it up like we're playing it like a, like a whole step higher than it was um so that kind of gives it a little bit of new life when yeah. you listen to it and like i listen to it i'm like all right well this actually makes me want to do something different so like i i changed up completely what i was doing so i was doing new stuff um so it was really cool to go back and revisit it didn't feel like we were i don't know it didn't feel to me like we were bringing an old song back even though you know i know that right. it is an old song it was it was new enough and we had kind of gotten far enough away from it that he's like let's do this i'm like okay so one of the songs that was re-recorded it was it was written in 19 like 96 or 7 yeah and I, I've submitted some of the stuff to Submit Hub, and when they either reject or accept your music, they give you like little reviews. Mm -hmm. And this one guy's review was like, You pulled all these 90s elements together to create a truly authentic 90s sounding song <laughs> in the 2022s. And I'm like, That's because it was written in the 90s. We were there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if people are going to get a 2015 vibe when they hear On My Way, but. Um... On My Way is a great song. I've got to get this episode edited. I wanted to get you in here. Prior to the release of All My Way, I just couldn't do it. I had a mini vacation in Connecticut, full circle, and I'm happy to have you here now. I got to get this out before the sandwich stock, which is obviously on Saturday. Yep. Stick around for the end of the episode. We're going to hear the song On My Way. Mike Faulkner, thank you for coming on to the show. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate man. what you do. Wake up next week I can't recall 
Get him out of the brain.